What is up, everybody? I'm going to start off with Dodgers versus Padres. So last year, we ended off with a great rivalry for today's MLB. The type of game we've got. Home runs, trash talk, regional rivalry. Everyone loves it, especially in college, but this is MLB. And big names. Everyone loves the stars. The Dodgers and the San Diego Padres. L.A. has big names like Clayton Kershaw, Mookie Betts, and then San Diego has Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, and I'd even say Eric Hosmer. Kind of being a homer there because he used to be on the Royals, got us that World Series back in 2015, but I'd still say he's a big name. Kind of started off like everyone expected this year. Back and forth. And honestly, it still is back and forth between the two, but before the trade deadline, Trey Turner and Max Scherzer were... Well, it was rumored they were going to go to San Diego, but they ended up with the Dodgers. And Max Scherzer on the Dodgers shows the Padres what they're missing, an ace. With the Dodgers battling with the other California team and the National League West, the San Francisco Giants were a major surprise this year. Not a major surprise, but they're definitely a surprise for first place. But Padres are, meanwhile, a game and a half back of the wild card. Definitely a major letdown with all the stars they have. Yes, they need an ace. Yes, they need a solid closer. But they still got a lot of talent on that team, and they're just struggling. It goes to show how much you need that ace. I'm Not even an ace, but a very effective starting rotation. And they do, but they don't have that guy, that it guy on the starting rotation. The rivalry has been fun. This year, the Padres started off 7-3 and against the Dodgers. But they have been swept in their most recent series and now have a 7-6 to record against LA this year. And I'll be honest, it's not really looking good for San Diego with what they've got. Can they crawl their way back and get into the wild card? Most likely. But can they overtake Los Angeles and San Fran? I don't think so. If they can just get their ace, they'll be fine. Anyways... I've got a generational talent segment for you next. So right now, the most recent generational quarterback or assumed to be, is Trevor Lawrence. And that doesn't necessarily mean he will be a generational talent like Brett Favre, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. No, I'm not saying those are the three greatest quarterbacks of all time, but they definitely are or were generational talents. But the thing is about Lawrence, but the thing is about Lawrence is it's a prediction, or like I said, even an assumption. I want to go over those three I, three I mentioned. First off, Brett Favre. Drafted out of the Southern Mississippi. He was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. Didn't play a single down. The head coach of Atlanta at that time, actually, Jerry Glanville, didn't even approve of the Brett Favre pick, saying it would take a plane crash for him to put Favre into the game. Favre was basically a sideshow in that city. He would even, it would go as far as to say he would participate in throwing competitions 
before the games even, seeing which quarterback could throw it the farthest or the highest up into the stands. I mean, his time in Atlanta was an absolute joke. After the season was over, Favre was eventually sent to Green Bay. We all know what happened after. He won a Super Bowl not long, not long thereafter. He was the gunslinger, the gunslinger to this day, I think. And he eventually set a touchdown record of 508, 508 touchdown passage, passes, which was eventually broken by Peyton Manning. Now Peyton, who I think is an all-time great quarterback, first or second of all time, but I think his arch-rival Tom Brady is a generational talent as well. Peyton is not. He somewhat had a similar start to his career. Maybe not the sideshow crap like Favre, but he didn't have a great combine at all. That doesn't necessarily make a breaker player, but it's definitely something to look at. And you guys know the story. He was picked number 199 in the, sixth, in the sixth round of the NFL draft. Didn't even start. He sat under Drew Bledsoe until Bledsoe went down midseason and Brady came in. You all know the rest, which is history. Multiple league MVPs, multiple Super Bowl wins, seven, mind you. One of the most precise passers in the history of the league. An all-time leader in the locker room. Sure, a little corny on social media, but who cares, right? Now on to the next generational talent, Patrick Mahomes. He's never won anything up until now. But specifically in high school and college, I don't even think he even had a winning record. Sure, he was talented, had an arm a lot like Favre, actually. He was drafted by the Chiefs, number 10 overall in 2017. Sat behind Alex Smith for a year, then was made the starter. After Alex was traded in the 2018 offseason, Mahomes was starter. But all of this, if you backtrack a little bit, leading up in that offseason and even after drafting him, there were questions about his footwork or potentially no footwork. And in 2018 training camp, there was a lot of training camp interceptions. Now come the 2018 season and they're on, league MVP, Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, three straight AFC championship appearances. doesn't really matter how you start or how you looked at. I mean, if, you, if you've got the right pieces around you, and you look great, or you look great, you play great, you're gonna you're gonna turn out just fine. No, I'm not saying you're gonna be a generational talent, but anyway, speaking of those, on to the next one. The current one, possibly. Trevor Lawrence. He's being held as such. Unlike the other three who no one really believed in at first. However, with Lawrence, look at the situation he's in. And I'm hoping this might change your mind if you believe. Not that you wouldn't believe in him, but believe in what he could possibly do. He's got a bad offensive line. And of an unproven coach in the NFL was great in college, but there are some who are already thinking he will quit on his team. People believe in Trevor Lawrence, but not his team. Or his head coach, apparently. I feel like he will make something out of nothing. Not right away, but he will eventually. Rely on James Robinson, DJ Chark, Chenault, and even Travis Etienne next year. Etienne has an injury that will keep him out his rookie season, but I feel like I should expect him to be back helping Lawrence out next season. 
Trevor, in my opinion, will be the next great generational talent that everyone expects. Despite what he has to deal with in Duval. Anyways, Chiefs and Royals update for you next. Patrick Mahomes was supposed to play the first half of the Chiefs' final preseason game, which is what Andy Reid wants his starters to do. First game, they're going to play a couple series. Second game, they're going to play most of the first half. Third game, they're going to play possibly into the third quarter. Fourth game, that's out of the window now with the schedule change. However, when you go 8 for 9, 117 yards and two touchdowns in the first quarter, you're done for that day. I'm just going to say, safe to say this team is ready for Cleveland, who they've got in week one. I mean, you've got the line going off with Orlando Brown at left tackle, Joe Tooney at left guard, Creed Humphrey at center, Trey Smith at right guard, the rookie who has just went off in camp that they are completely, have complete faith in, and Lucas Nyang at right tackle, and the running backs, you've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Jarek McKinnon as a nice one-two punch at running back. At tight end, I feel like it's loaded. you got Kelsey, Jody Fortson, Blake Bell, and you can't forget Noah Gray, the rookie who I feel like will have a great career. Receivers, you've got Tyreek Hill, Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, and McCole Harbin. On the defensive side, on the D-line, you've got Chris Jones, who is moving to DN this year, and I honestly think he's going to get to at least 20 sacks. No, I shouldn't say at least. He will probably hit the 20 sack mark this year, I think. Derek Nottie, Frank Clark, who I hope shows up or just shuts up. But I'm going to save that for my next episode. I promise you, I have a Frank Clark take. And Jerron Reed. That's the D-line. Linebackers, you've got Anthony Hitchens, who, I, who I'm very surprised in. We got him in 2018. He's done okay, but this year he just he seems faster. He seems stronger. He just seems more motivated than ever. And you got Willie Gay, second-year player, who's... Unbelievable. And then Nick Bolton, rookie out of Missouri, who I think is going to work out great and is very similar to Willie Gay. Cornerbacks, I've got complete faith in. Legereus Sneed, Traverius Ward, and Mike Hughes. At safety, you've got Dirty Dan Sorensen, the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, Armani Watts, and Juan Thornhill. I've even grown some faith in our punter, Tommy Townsend. And Harrison Butker, I think, is the second greatest kicker in the league, in my opinion, right behind Justin Tucker. I didn't really want to roll, run down the whole roster. That wasn't my idea, but I kind of wanted to give my prediction of the jet, of the depth chart. So there it is. For the Royals, I'm going to say, this is kind of an Andy Reid thing, but how about those Royals? Yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue the same, but hey, it works. This past week or so, past couple weeks... They have won a season series against the Astros. They won the four-game series against the Mariners. And in the midst of all that, that final game against the Astros, Whit Merrifield, Whitley Hitley in this case, hit a grand slam. Next game against the Mariners, Salvador Perez hits a grand slam. Third day in a row. 
Salvador Perez hits a grand slam. They did tie an American League record. There's only three teams who have done it. Off the top of my head, I don't remember, but the last team to do it was the 2006 Chicago White Sox, year after they won the World Series, actually. They had an off day today and are back at the K again tomorrow as they take on second place Cleveland, who I do think they will take second place from and hang on to that throughout the last month of the season. They started off hot, 16-9. You know what happened in the middle there. But ending off the season on a great note is what I think they'll do. All I ask them to do, and this is close, more of a prediction than me asking, is next year they keep the bullpen together, get an ace if possible, not an expensive one, but one they can trust to be their ace, and call up Bobby Witt Jr., Jackson Kawar, MJ Melendez, and Edward Oliveras. And I can pick them to win the AL Central this next season if all this happens and all this falls into place. The only ace, though, I can think of that's on their roster is Daniel Lynch. The guy has been great so far this year. Anyways, I've got more rankings for you next. I've got 60-41 to from the NFL Top 100. I will have this done before the season starts. And I also have top 10 linebackers set in the 2021 season to end the show. Alright, let's jump right into it. I'm starting off at number 60. Jason Pierre-Paul, defensive end for the Bucks, now has two rings, had one with the Giants, now he has one with the Bucks. Uh, again, great player. After being a while being away from the league, being away, being in the league for quite some time, he's still a very effective player. That's all you can ask for, especially on the defensive side of the ball in the in today's game. Number 59, I got Grady Jarrett, defensive end for the Falcons, or defensive tackle for the Falcons. I honestly want to say he's the third greatest defensive tackle in the league right now, maybe fourth, right behind Aaron Donald and Chris Jones and maybe even Cameron Jordan. But anyways, he's definitely third or fourth best. Third or fourth best. Number fifty-eight, Keenan Allen, wide receiver, wide receiver for the Chargers. Uh, look, in my opinion, great receiver, elite, but he's not reliable. Think about it. You have your normal everyday nine-to-five job. You're sick once a week. You're hurt. You just don't show up. He's done those things before. He's not reliable. That's why I dropped him down a few spots. Some of these I'm going to say why I did. Some of, this, some of these I'm not. Keenan Allen one of those. He's just not reliable. Number 57, defensive tackle for the Steelers. Um, definitely the centerpiece of that defense. and Definitely the centerpiece for the Steel Curtain. Number 56, Minka Fitzpatrick. Safety for the Steelers. Great ball hawk. Fast. Hard hitter. It's probably the best player in that secondary out there in Pittsburgh. Number 55. You know, I'm kind of jealous as a Chiefs fan of all the great receivers that have gone through Minnesota. Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Adam Thielen. I know there's more, but... And now possibly Justin Jefferson had a great rookie year. Expect him to continue to go up from here. Number 54, one of the best linebackers in the league right now is Zadarius Smith, linebacker for the Packers. Great player, fast, and and total control of that defense. He's the Aaron Rodgers on that side of the ball. 
Number 53, I got the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, safety for the Chiefs. The Chiefs needed him, and they got him, and he's completely turned around this defense. It's no disrespect to Chris Jones, but he has completely and utterly turned around this defense for the Chiefs. And he's the reason they got the ring this year. It was Pat Net last year. Could have gotten it this year. Didn't go their way. Don't be surprised if they get a couple more with him on the team. Number 54, number half, 54, 52, Corey Lindsley, center for the Chargers. He was on the Packers last year, has been traded to the Chargers or picked up by the Chargers. One of the best centers in the league right now. Number 51, the young gun, Justin Herbert, quarterback for the Chargers. Uh, he makes all the great plays. He's got a great arm. He's got great speed. He's got the perfect size for a quarterback. Coming in at number 50, I didn't move him any spots. I didn't drop him down or move him up. Again, reliable. He's not reliable, but he is a great player when he's out there and almost unstoppable. George Kittle tied in for the 49ers. Coming in at number 49, J.C. Jackson, cornerback for the Patriots. I actually didn't move those two spots. I kept them the same as they were on the list. J.C. Jackson's a little young. He's not there just yet, but he's perfect for Bill Belichick's defense. And... A great cornerback. Number 48, I got Christian McCaffrey. I dropped him down a couple spots because last year he was hurt a little bit. I don't know where that's necessarily going. You guys have heard my comparisons on him. He's, he reminds me of Gail Sayers and Jamal Charles. If his injury bug continues, I would continue to drop him lower because he's not reliable. But he's only had one year of being hurt. Number 47, Justin Simmons, safety for the Broncos. It may not be the no-fly zone anymore, but Justin Simmons keeps it close to the no-fly zone. Number 46, one of my personal favorites, Mike Evans, wide receiver for the Buccaneers. Um, If he had a better quarterback these past few years, I honestly would put him above DeAndre Hopkins. And even, I wouldn't put him above above Devontae Adams, but over DeAndre Hopkins is quite a possibility. Number 45, one of the best powerhouses when it comes to left tackles in this game from the 49ers, Trent Williams. He's a beast. That's all you got to say. He's a beast. Number 44, you got Cameron Jordan, defensive line for the Saints. Again, I'd probably put him at third over Grady Jarrett over overall on the defensive line of the ball, defensive line side of the ball. He's just great. Number 43, one of the best corners in the game right now. I'd say third, but maybe not third best, but one of the best. Stephen Gilmore for the Patriots. He just, he gets it. He has that it factor. Number 42, Levante David. Even at 31 years old, he's he's a freak. He completely shut down Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl. I wouldn't say completely shut him down, but he definitely got him off his game a bit, a little bit. Number 41, second best cornerback in the league, in my opinion, Jerry Alexander from the Packers. Complete shutdown corner. I'd say he's better than Jalen Ramsey on most days. Most days. Not all days, most days. Sorry, I kind of cut off on you there. 
in the show. I got top 10 linebackers in the 2021 season. I'm now back to individual players instead of actual groups. Coming on number 10, I'm going to say Deion Jones for the Falcons. He's got elite coverage skills. He's got the speed you look for in a linebacker. And he's got that hit stick ability. True game changer. Number 9, Dante Hightower. Hightower for the Patriots. He didn't play in 2020. Opted out due to COVID concerns. Can't knock him for that. His absence was notable, but when he's healthy, he is a difference maker for the Pats. Expect that to continue with these new look Pats. Number eight, Roquan Smith, Bears. He had a slow start to career. However, he has really come into his own since then, only allowing a 75.8 passer rating. Shows it. Number seven, Darius Leonard, Indianapolis Colts. Only three seasons in. And there's nothing bad I can say about his play. I kind of want to say he might possibly be the best all-around linebacker in this league after th- after this season is all said and done. Number six, this guy's a little high. Some might not agree with me here, but Alexander Johnson for the Denver Broncos. When you have 58 defensive stops, that's third best in the league, makes me put him here at number six. Number five, I've got Demario Davis, linebacker for the Saints. Only missing 16 tackles and 263 attempts earned you a top five spot. Number four, I've got Eric Kendricks, linebacker for the Vikings. He's got 17, he had 17 pass breakups, and according to PFF, the highest cover grade among all linebackers when it comes to coverage. Sorry, I said that weird. Number three, I mentioned earlier in my top 100, Levante David, linebacker for the Buccaneers. He's 31 years old, like I mentioned, but he plays like he's 25. Just go ahead and turn on Super Bowl 55. I won't. You can. And you'll see why I put him this high. Completely locked down Travis Kelsey in Tampa. Minus a couple plays here and there. Sorry, I had to get that in there. Number two, this might also come as a surprise. Bobby Wagner for the Seattle Seahawks. The defense is nowhere near what it used to be, but Wagner is the one who carries it and keeps it afloat. Number one. Fred Warner, San Francisco 49ers. I honestly think he takes Wagner's crown. He plays the game like a safety. He'll even line up in the slot. I mean, he's just a stud. All right, that's all I have for you guys today. It's a bit of a shorter episode by a few minutes, but it's kind of all I have for you today. Got a few other things coming up. I will record Wednesday or Thursday, so it'll drop Thursday morning or Friday morning, whichever I decide to do. Everyone have a great week. After this week, we got a three-day weekend, so it's something to look forward to. Have a good one.